Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. Tension by Burial Etiquette off the Held Tight and Fragile Embraces split with my band Coma Regalia. I sat down with guitarist vocalist Jacob and bassist vocalist Taylor for the first time doing a multi person chat. trying something a little different this time. Um, I'm speaking with uh, Jacob and Taylor from Burial Etiquette. Uh, introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, why don't you start, Taylor? Um, well, uh, hi, I'm Taylor. Uh, okay, basically, I play bass in Burial. Um, not only do that, but I do some synthwave stuff. So it's pretty much my, my spiel. Um, so <laughs> Uh, my name is Jacob. I play guitar, and all three of us do vocals in Burial Etiquette. Yeah. very much a collaborative thing. Which is super- and then I also do stuff with Taylor in Ophiliac, the synth project she was talking about. Okay. Yeah, very <laughs> cool. Um, have you incorporated any of the, like, noise or the, like, synth element to, like, the uh, Burial Etiquette live shows at all, or...? Um, we do a lot of, I find that's where I have like a lot of fun vocals is we'll do like some reverb stuff. And we actually did at the Fox popular performance, I got to do this super intense reverbed, like almost, I don't know how to explain it. Just very high melodic melody. And it was just super cool. And it, I, I, I love playing with the microphone cause I always forget cause we usually play live and we don't normally have like everything set up it's just our instruments so i'm just like either screaming really loud trying to hear myself or singing super loud to try to hear myself so me able, being able to have that whole effect was like mm-hmm. probably one of the cooler things i don't know <laughs> yeah it's really like, weird when like you uh, like you play all these different places and it can that can be like super hit or miss like there can be a really like great sound system and the then the reverb on the vocals or whatever will be perfect or it'll be the opposite where it's just like, holy shit, that's a lot and not yeah. right for what we're trying to do, you know? Like um, you're just- <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I guess mostly in the States, you're just like, a lot of times you're just like lucky if you can hear yourself at all, so, uh, oh. yeah. Um, it, how, what's, what's your experience like as far as um, where y'all live? I don't know a lot about... Thunder Bay, are there, I mean, you know, not right now, obviously, but are there like lots of places for y'all to play or is it just kind of like, well, there's one place and then you have to go further away to, to do shows? So in the downtown area uh, where we live, there's a few really good venues. Like five or six-ish. Yeah. Oh, um, really cool. Like you said, nothing's really going on right now or nothing that we're involved in anyway. But uh, 
Our favorite one is probably the Apollo. Oh my god, they have, like, when I was saying about the vocals, that's, like, one of the best places for, like, sound. Yeah, the, the sound guy, he, um, he knows his stuff. Yeah, like, super, it's, yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, there's a few other ones, and pretty much all the bands here are... There's basically so many bands that each one is, like, its own, like, category of music. Yeah, almost, like, different genres all over. Completely. Yeah. So we'll play shows with, like, hair metal bands as well as like grindcore or like single guitar like acoustic yeah acoustic more indie stuff mm -hmm. and never really like one set metal or anything like that yeah that's really cool that's like uh, it sounds kind of like a lot of spots in indiana where it's except it's not because there's so many bands in indiana it's like because there's not that many bands so you just play with who you play with like yeah it's not uh, a it's not like a it's like forced variety but like i, I personally don't mind that you know i think it's kind of cool um and create a full pacing to shows also you could discover a genre you probably would never maybe stumbled upon really. yeah 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 i mean um i love playing for uh even if it doesn't always work out the way you'd like it to i love playing for people that don't that didn't just sit there and watch like three other bands that are like better than my band, but <laughs> you know. Um, exactly. But yeah. at least Nick, you have like something going for you, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like that's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, let's go back to um, back a little bit. So, um, we usually sort of like cover like what um, what your influences were and like you know what kind of music that uh, you you uh, had on like um or you were brought up on um what kind of music played around your house jacob when you were growing up um well my parents split up when i was very little but my mom was always listening to like 80s uh synth stuff <laughs> like um one of my earliest memories is like dancing with her to tainted love like at her old house okay. and uh Stuff like that. And my dad was always into, he showed me like the Misfits and Violent Femmes, um, Danzig, stuff like that. Probably like grade six and seven. Um, that's basically kind of started my interest in punk. Does your dad still mess with like stuff like that? Yeah, he, my dad honestly has been always so supportive. Uh, he loves like a lot of really great music. He's shown me a lot of great stuff. Um, when I was like 14, we drove like eight hours and we picked up like a Marshall JCM 2000 app where he paid half and I paid half. And he was kind of like, okay, like I'll help you get this thing, but you have to use it all the time. Uh, so that, that was always very inspiring to me. Yeah. How old did you say you were? I was like 14 and we, we found it for cheap. Like, um, I think it was like 600 bucks. So we each paid 300. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, those are, those are pretty good amps. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I definitely was not playing on anything good. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't start playing at 14 either, but, uh, I was not playing on anything good for a while. Um, yeah. So yeah, how long had you been playing guitar by the time you you were like ripping it through a half stack? 
Oh god. Um probably about two years. Um when I met Ryan, uh the drummer in Barrelotti Kit. Uh, I met him in like grade seven and him and our other friend Christian had started a band and I remember like in the lunchroom they were sitting there and they were writing lyrics about like cannibals like um killing this village or something and they were telling me oh, how about how it's like a, a black sabbath like worship band that they started i'm like that's the coolest thing ever you have to you have to let me be a part of that so we wrote our cannibal song and and that's what started burial etiquette yeah all the way back in grade seven we've been me and ryan have been playing music ever since it was just like the riff from sweet leaf but backwards or something yeah, it was just like <laughs> actually, Christian, uh, one of the riffs for it was a Black Sabbath riff moved up two keys, and then when Brian <laughs> noticed, he's like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do it." <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I totally moved it a little bit. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what about you, Taylor? What kind of um, stuff played around your house when you were growing up? Um, my mom, she always. Played the Beatles. I remember the, the blue and the red albums were always on. Obla Dee, Obla Da was one that she played for a bit, so that's kind of poison made it. Um, my dad really liked Pearl Jam. Um, actually, I have like kind of embarrassing now, um, but I have <laughs> lyrics to Black on my arm because it's one of my favorite songs in the whole world. Um, yeah, my dad liked a lot of grunge, um, tragically hip, like all the time, like constantly. My dad loved Gord Daddy. Um, yeah, I don't know, my mom liked a lot, of, uh, also a lot of the 80s. She loved Prince, I always remember Prince too. Playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much that's that, I think, yeah. <laughs> Just like classic stuff. Yeah. When did you start listening to like, um, bands that you'd compare to the stuff that you're doing now more? Um. So I saw actually Alexis on Fire um, when they came to Thunder Bay. They've been here like five times or three, three or four times. And I've went to like every single show, but that was the first time I was ever introduced to like and like really beautiful melodic vocals. And I just remember like being in awe, like, oh my God, like this is, this is surreal. Mm -hmm. um, and also it was the first time I've ever experienced that type of energy, which I think for me might've gotten me like into it a little bit more. Um, yeah. It's, was it a, was it a big show or did you catch them before they really like took off? No, I'm pretty sure it was at the Outpost, which is at our university here. Um, it's not that big of a venue. It's big, but yeah, nice, nice sized crowd. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I, um, we we saw them on like I think maybe their first U.S. tour, and like uh, we were just emailing them like, "Hey, where's this at?" It just says like the area on your website and they uh, emailed us back and they were like oh it's at this uh you know this this town hall place and um so uh we went you know we went up there and um and we we met them and stuff and um dallas was like did you, did you all already pay we're like yeah we and they were like damn we were gonna like get y'all in and stuff and um because like they just thought it was so cool that like people who didn't know, because we also asked like 
it's going to be no smoking inside, right, and stuff, because our kid came who was like um, three at the time. Yeah. And uh, they were like, we just thought that was so cool. You were coming up and bringing your kid, and you, were, you cared uh-huh. about, you know, what was going on with your kid and stuff. And, um, yeah, there was um, – there was, I don't know if I – talked about this on here before but there was this, there was the awkward uh, moment in um 44 caliber love letter where like they sing the song and then they stop and then there's like the vocal call and nobody said it and so dallas like timidly like pushes the mic in my direction and i'm just like this is a 44 caliber love letter straight from my heart and then they start the song and uh <laughs> and they're they're probably just like uh Wow, thank thank God at least that person was here. Um but uh yeah. yeah, they they were super nice. We we hung out with them um one other time uh after they came back through when they were like they were bigger. They they came through with um Monine and uh and um uh Armor for Sleep and um uh what what's it like Skylight Drive or something like that? This other like weird band from that era or um uh i i don't know it's something like that it's something about drive but i always mess it up with this other shoe shoegaze band that's not the same band but um yeah the my takeaway from that second show is that monine is really great i always knew that but like live they were incredible um yeah yeah that's that's really cool um so you uh were you playing an instrument at the time when you were, you know, seeing Alexis on fire and you like became, you know, captivated by like, you know, the energy of like this, this live show and stuff? Uh, no, no. Uh, when I was younger, I got an acoustic guitar and I literally had it sitting in my closet for like six years. I would grab it and I'd strum once. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I just didn't have the motivation for it, I guess. Um, yeah, my I got it from my great grandpa. Apparently he used to... No one in my family plays any instruments or, like, does music stuff. My great-grandpa apparently used to be a country singer and, like, toured and stuff all over Canada, which was kind of cool. Um, so that was kind of inspiring, I guess, to be, to take after my great-grandpa's footsteps, I suppose. Um, yeah. It wasn't until, like, probably, um, like, right at the end of high school, I mean, I started just playing by myself. I was just, like, kind of self-taught all, like, with the guitar and stuff so it took a while got really frustrated at some points but you know <laughs> what were you doing trying to like learn were you watching videos or were you like uh, reading tab or just um i just like i did a, a lot like a lot of covers like lana del rey and like some uh some little brand ones i did the wallflowers too so i just kind of looked up the chords and just learned by learning songs <laughs> yeah 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 that that you know, other than the uh, other than the religious, uh, the, the very strong religious overtones on the Wallflowers record, I really like that record. Um, I love that until like, more recently, because I listened to it when I was growing up. It's like, you know, just, I liked the melodies; I thought they were cool. But yeah, yeah that's that's why. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's not it's not that I you know have any. It's not that I have the same issues that I did with like uh I mean I'm not overtly against you know religion or whatever but when it's when it's in in music it just feels weird to me I don't know why probably because I was abused at my 
<laughs> at my church growing up. That's probably why. Uh, but uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was that was like that was, that was one of those conversation stoppers that I <laughs> that I'm I'm great at. I'm just I can, it's like when I come up in the group chat and everybody's having a good time, and then it's just pain. Um, but, um, yeah, other than that, I like that album. I bought it, uh, used in Portland for like, it was like 15 CDs for $10 or something. Um, yeah. yeah um, so when did you two meet? Um, and like, was it like, were you like, did you meet at, as like, you you both were already playing music, or did you meet before that? Um, we met online. We were both playing music at uh -huh. the time, and um, we talked about maybe uh, collabing and working together. Because with Barrel Etiquette, before Taylor was a part of it, it was a very different thing than it is now. Um, but we, we always wanted to have uh, a lot of melodic vocals mixed in with um, the screaming and stuff. Mm -hmm. So she agreed to come in to the studio when we recorded the first EP and like try some stuff. Um, so that was really cool. She's on the first song on the first EP. Which one, yeah. Okay. We just yeah, we just kind of sat in the booth and then figured out like um, some lyrics we could use. And um, yeah, from there, it was just like, you're you're a part of this band now. We just uh, on everything now. <laughs> Did you not have a bass player at that time? We had a bass player. His name was Trevor. Uh -huh. uh, we played with him for two years. Um, he plays bass on the first EP, um, and on the, um, the No Funeral co first compilation, our song on that. Oh, okay. But when we toured to New Friends Festival, I guess, like, being in a, being in a band with people, you, you learn, like, a lot more of, like, who they are than you, I guess, you usually would. Yeah, you you're, learn it fast, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, he was he was kind of just saying lots of um, things we didn't agree with. Yeah, things we didn't agree with. Yeah. Uh, so when we got back, it was kind of like we parted ways, and then Taylor took up um, playing bass, playing <laughs> bass as well as doing the vocals. Was that hard for you to do at first to do both at the same time? I mean, you said you were doing covers already, so that I assume, you know, it wasn't. <laughs> too much of a stretch uh, okay because some of the songs it's super fast and intense and i'm used to doing you know like chords or little strums okay. like nothing. then now i'm like trying to learn how to like sing along to like the rhythm you know what i mean so it all makes sense so i can do it and not like feel like my hand and my hands are two different things so yeah um yeah no a little, at first it was a little hard but now now i think i got the hang of it a little bit Okay, because yeah. when, you, when you're originally, like, doing the vocals on the first stuff you did and stuff, you didn't have to take that into consideration. Like, what? No. Yeah, so you just wrote it however. <laughs> so now you probably 
you're like, let's make this go a little more like, let's m- let me make this easier on myself. Almost a little bit like analytical, a little bit with like trying to figure out how to hit certain notes in certain spots. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. <laughs> and harmonizing with your oh, bass yeah, and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, wh- so was this kind of like your, your first band then, Taylor? Like, yeah, I just do Filiac, that, and then Braille, so. Right. And what, what about you, Jacob? You, I mean, you described the, you know, the Black Sabbath uh, tribute, and yeah. it seems like it kind of morphed into this. Was there, like, did you have a lot of um, bands, like, before this that you sort of worked up to this from, or? Uh, so technically, I guess me and Ryan have been in, like, a lot of bands together. Oh, okay. But been me him and um another person and then when they were like <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were like we don't really want to do this anymore like me and ryan were like all right well we want to do this still so we just new project some of the songs or, or rework some of the songs and the, so so like every band became like um section b of the previous band or like did you just go all new or at first definitely um like in probably like all throughout high school we had a few bands and then what happened is we kind of like stopped playing music for like a year all together uh, which had never really happened before. So when we wanted to start Barrel Etiquette, um, it was like, okay, this is like an entire new thing. We're start we're starting fresh. And um, this is, it's like a very specific thing we wanted to do. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Like I asked that question, like not um, as an, it might've sounded like some kind of accusation or like, like, <laughs> uh, like when people do yeah. that, it's lazy or, or whatever, but it's like funny how true that rings in like my own experience. Like I could, I can go back to Kiki Obadi and, and be like, oh, um, so Kiki Obadi ended and then these 
three Akamili songs were actually supposed to be Keikyo body songs, but they never that never happened. And then I can do the same thing, like these yeah. um these uh you know, um riffs on Body of Wasps album were supposed to um be Akamili songs that never happened and then these oh, yeah. these uh these songs there's it's funny there there are coma regalia songs that are they are there's there's coma regalia songs that were dance and destroy songs <laughs> there's coma regalia songs yeah. that were a chameleon songs that were body of wasp songs <laughs> like it's there's coma regalia songs that are like i've i've i'll find a demo that i it's it's like a cassette that I recorded on a boombox, and I'm like, I really still like that thing. I yeah. Don't even, I'm like, I don't even know what this was for. Like, it kills me. I don't know. And I'm like, let's yeah. let's do that. Um, yeah. I don't. Um, yeah. One of my one of my buddies um, one of my buddies Oscar, who used to play in the band Nakatomi Plaza, um, now plays in that band. Um, great big world i think that's their name like the the really big like um they had they had like a single with christina aguilera um really yeah um uh yeah i think that's what they're called anyway um he went on to like be in like the new york philharmonic like he's like a really great guitar player and he he said once he was like there's not there's nothing wrong with like rewriting something and revisiting something and restructuring something I, in fact i encourage it because it can teach you like you know something about um where you were versus like where you are and i think it's really interesting to not only observe that but also you know not to be like the person trying to um uh buy a lamborghini because they're having a midlife crisis but to like try to revisit those things that you felt that captivated your interest in this specific time place or like musical ideology you know so um definitely i think what what oscar described can be useful on a lot of levels um so yeah, I mean, um, uh, just just off the top of my head, um, the song, uh, <laughs> I don't talk about Coma Regalia that much um, as far as, like, what actually means what and all that because I just think it's kind of weird sometimes. But uh, the song The King of Slings was uh, was uh, originally supposed to be an uh, Akameli song. And that's really? yeah, and that's pretty weird too because that would have been a weird Akamili song if you think <laughs> like because um you know Akamili is just it's this very it was a huge window of time for me personally but the output is very small due to lots of reasons uh um none of which have to do with the fact that I was not writing songs, I was writing plenty of songs, but, um, like, so what you hear recorded is like 
pretty specific and sounds very aimed, but then like the King of Slings doesn't necessarily fit into that. And um, yeah, yeah, that was originally kind of pretty much an Akamili song. Uh, but anyway, it came out, you know, 10 years later. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, you know, you went through some, uh, some projects with Ryan and then you became burial etiquette. Um, what was the big, like, was there a catalyst to where you, like, did you just start discovering places that felt like home for the project, like on online and stuff? Like what was the catalyst to be like, okay, we've been doing this stuff. Like, let's like really do it. Yeah. Um, it's actually, um, I, you posted the first, uh, Plague Walker album to Scram Cave, which I like joined maybe like 10 minutes before that. <laughs> so that was the first thing I, and I listened to it. I'm like, this is sick. And I clicked on like show all and I seen like all these records because I had found Screamo through like Funeral Diner and City of Caterpillar just through YouTube suggestions. Mm-hmm. But I, I had no idea of like about modern stuff like at all. So, and you know, the buy digital discography for like 95% off. Mm-hmm. I did that and I put them on my iPod classic and that's all I listened to for like a month. <laughs> and that, yeah, me and Ryan were, he was in a film school and I was just working full time. That was kind of like just depressing. I felt like I had no like ambition left and that kind of, I think like awoken something in me. So when I approached Ryan and like he had been listening to some similar stuff too, it's like, okay, let, let's do this. Um, I think like there's, there's a need for it, even in our town. Like even if someone, one person like gets something out of it, like the same way that I got something out of it and mission accomplished, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's weird. Um, you know, when it's weird sometimes when you realize that you set out specifically to create this kind of music that like so few people pay attention to but it's like that's the kind of um i don't know that's the kind of connection that i always want to make like i i don't know it wasn't important for me to for like um however many people to hear the songs or whatever was important to me uh that some someone felt moved by it or got something very genuine out of it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, a long time ago, someone said, told me that they, uh, found, I mean, hopefully this isn't like TMI, but someone told me that they found out they had testicular cancer and they had to have their testicles removed. And they were like, you know, this, this EP like got me through that. And I was like, shit you know i mean that yeah you you can't you can't ask for more than that if you're doing something like that comes from you to where you um help somebody like that you know or yeah like our understanding that's yeah yeah absolutely 
Um, so once, um, once Taylor, uh, got involved in the project, did you all, did you all sort of change the way that you were writing songs? How were you writing songs before, as opposed to like, once it, you had a more aimed approach and like definitive version of the band? Um, I guess me and Ryan, like we've, we've always been writing songs together. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty much just me and him bouncing ideas off each other, someone bringing something in and maybe someone else like restructuring it. Um, the first little while I was learning like a lot of the songs that they had. So I was, I was able to practice a little bit and then get better. And then eventually I started to like bring in some like bass ideas or like a guitar riff or something. And it yeah. was kind of cool because I noticed that everyone was like coming together with like, oh, how about this? Or like thought about this like afterward because we try to record most of our jams just so we have, you know, like sometimes you just jammed out so well that you're like, how am I going to do that again? Like, yeah. why? like, you know what I mean? like how are you going to recreate that? So that was cool. And also like working and like doing this with them has taught me a lot about patience because like I get super frustrated sometimes when I'm like trying to learn and I feel really bad because it's like, I, I don't know, I, I, I managed to like figure it out. Um, but they're just, the way that they work together, it's super cool. Um, it's like every single time they like play like even something for like 30 seconds, it just, it, you feel like you're about to go somewhere. So that was kind of neat. And I just started to like kind of experience that and it just opened up a whole world, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's been really cool creating stuff with you because when she rejoined, it's like, okay, we have three in this band. Yeah. If um, can we use um, each voice as maybe like a different character or a different theme yeah. or idea in lyrics? So it kind of expanded that too, where it's uh, the songs aren't usually just one um, viewpoint or frame of mind. It's kind of like these clashing you have to feel like ideals. Yeah. Um, also, it's like super exciting to do. Um, this is like, I've like ever screamed. Oh. So this is like, so now like I woke up some sort of like banshee scream because I've never used oh, to scream okay. before. I started doing that with them. And it was just like so weird going from like really soft vocals to this just insanely like loud. <laughs> That's the con contrast that I love though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it real shrill, like an uh, Encyclopedia of American Traders, or? Yeah, very, very shrill. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, like, you, you, you keep saying, like, uh, or not keep, but you said um, that it was, like, different characters. Um, yeah. So if this was a Dungeons & Dragons uh, campaign here, like, what, what are your classes? What are the classes of each person in Burial Etiquette? <laughs> what? <laughs> awesome. Um, if I was a D and character, I would probably be. You have to give each one of us one. But but it has to be like what, not just you as a person, like your character in the band, I, like which. Oh God! I guess I guess if we're, oh, oh yeah, because it. it Are you one like, of the baddies? Are you? <laughs> I think I think the big baddie <laughs> definitely because the growls right. He's got like the low, deep, like growls. So we're like, okay, you're the bad guy. Okay. 
Yeah, definitely some type of like banshee yeah. siren. Okay. I'm totally. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I would be. I feel like I'm pure peaceful. You know what I mean? Like you feel like that. You'd be searching, like searching. Are you like a druid or something? Something like this? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well. You haven't put a lot into the character thing. It's, it's like, kind of like, I guess like each release we consider like, um, like short stories or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's not much consistency. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've thought about this kind of thing a lot. So I, um, I wasn't expecting to ask that question, but I, I was, uh, I was ready for you know, whatever kind of answers I might get. Um, yeah, so, um, you, so you two live together, uh, and you, you know, you've been able to, um, like, keep practicing with Ryan being as, like, you know, there's only one other person in your band, and you've basically written an LP at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is now you said that each one of the releases is kind of like a short story. So is do you consider this LP like a uh, a um, uh, <laughs> oh gosh, what's the what's the term? <laughs> Literally, all of my albums are this like a <laughs> concept album. Yeah. Like a, it's almost like theatrical, the right word I'm Yeah, I guess with this album, we've uh, really wanted to, I guess, incorporate like multimedia into it. So like, uh, like a lot of the lyrics, like we write them almost um, like, like a stage play for like a theater production or um, something like that. I, I guess you could say that um, it's tied into held tight and fragile embraces mm -hmm. you can consider that like a prologue slash epilogue um we've been writing this for a while the only song that um Metal, right? yeah only one of the songs was uh with trevor in the band so this is all entirely new material that we wanted it to go for like a certain sound mm-hmm mm -hmm. As far as I know, it's it's like you're finished writing it, right? Um, it's it's pretty much all there. Uh, we like to place like um like over until we. Jacob likes to go back sometimes and listen, and then he likes to add extra things. Yeah. So it's always we're like adding more things each time. So they're done, but we're just like final, very on top. Because I I want to sprinkle like uh, chord progressions throughout it, like reoccurring. Almost like, um, not really, like, it doesn't sound anything like Pink Floyd, but in Dark Side of the Moon, you'll hear, like, this one chord progression a couple times throughout the album. And it always kind of, like, for me, there's something in that that I found really, like, endearing, uh, like, the album format. I think Circle Takes a Square does that, too. Mm -hmm. Like, little motifs uh, sprinkled through. So we're just trying to, like, polish up those and make it, like, a very... Um, front to back experiences like yeah I put the exact same chorus in two songs on a release and no one I don't think anyone even noticed <laughs> it's just like 
don't know, you f- figure it out. <laughs> You've got five CDs coming your way. I think. You, uh, <laughs> um, I know the the youth the youth novel songs. Even though there are different songs, to me they sound very much like one um, idea. I don't know if there there's a deeper connection there, but I've always thought that with those two songs. Well, I mean, you can read the you can read the titles of the songs yeah. together as well. So exactly. So there's something to be said about that also. Um, yeah, um, I love stuff like that though. Uh, that's that's all I was trying to say. I love stuff like that. I love um, I love how cerebral this stuff can get. And like I've said it before where it's like a lot of times people just like cool screamo record, you know? And yeah. and, and nobody like necessarily um, thinks about how much thought or whatever went into something. Like I really, really, really do. And it's, it's, uh, it's wild. Like, you know, like I, I'm, fr- you know, I'm friends with, with, uh, some of them, you know, but I, and I would never like ask this personally, but I, I, like, I would have loved to have been a fly in the room when they were recording, you know, those Bona, um, Bona records because like, yeah, you know, like that's that kind of stuff. Like they probably, you know, if you ask, they probably be like, oh no, we were just winging it. <laughs> but it sounds like so cohesive and so well planned and rehearsed, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I love that that stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember you asking me like um, if some some lyrics or some themes were based off some novels that you know you liked and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah. uh, no, it, there's you know there's a lot of thought into it, but it wasn't that specific thing. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I could tell you know right away that we were going to be pals because um, I could tell that you were someone that thought about that kind of thing. You know. Um, totally. Yeah. Uh, like personal questions not you know hopefully it's not like intrusive or whatever but um you two are partnered correct 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, do you think that now I think that having been in lots of, uh, projects with my partner that it's like, it's awesome. But, um, do you think (laughs) that there are unique like challenges you face like musically, um, trying to express like what you need out of, uh, like um your partner's performance like are there obstacles that you think you don't have with just other bandmates that you're not partnered with that you face as someone who um is in a band with someone you are partnered with yeah um i'd say like i guess at first um because you were always a really good guitar player but i don't think you ever really played like much bass no not not at all so and she was always doing a lot of solo stuff so getting i guess like thrown into like um a time signature changing like fast-paced like screamo band can be a little disorienting um yeah she um in such a short time she has like grown so incredibly as a musician, we uh we play like I have my bass here at home, and he has have their uh, guitar here, so we like play together. Like we'll do acoustic stuff, and uh, they're very vocal about what kind of melodies that they have in their head. So then we'll, you know what I mean? Like we just it helps a lot before we go like and plug in. We get to have like the raw like, you know, get to hear those little notes and stuff. So it's, it's like I enjoy a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think, uh, um, Taylor, do you think that like, um, going like the, like playing acoustically at, at home or whatever is like, that's like the warm up. but do you, do you feel like jumping right into a band like that where the two members were, um, playing like pretty well together already? Do you think that's, that was like tantamount in like how fast you were able to, like um fit into the band and and like get comfortable with what you were doing in the band oh my god yeah so they like i said earlier like when they play together it's just like it, they move together it works really well so it was a little intimidating at first and i definitely like would have to practice a little bit but after a while it was just it was neat to be able to feel like that energy in the room like it like actually there because then you could just you know jump in on it and then you know, make make some really beautiful stuff. And now we're a trio. Yeah, now we're really yeah, it's a trio. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely it was it's inspiring to this with them. It's yeah, it's cool. With yeah. you as well. <laughs> as opposed to like, you know, a group of three people who show up and nobody really knows like who to, you know, who to latch on to like and things. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it definitely, it makes it less, like, it made me feel less nervous, like, because then something would be started and I could jump yeah. on at my own pace. So it definitely helped me, especially wanting to, like, even play bass more. It was more, like, I was more excited each and every single time. Yeah. It, it helps, too, that I think that beyond a band, we're, we're all just, like, best friends, too. Like, we all love, like, the same, like, 
video games, music, movies, and animes and stuff, and we can just like sit around talking about stuff forever. Which is how um Ryan really likes Magic the Gathering. Yeah, Ryan loves Magic <laughs> Gathering. We like it now too, it's good. Gotta get um, back into it, but yeah. <laughs> so I think that kinda creates like little stories uh, where we where um a bulk of our lyrics are all written together. That's awesome. So that, yeah. Actually it was kinda nice. cool. One of the songs on the second side of like the album we're doing. Ryan and I just completely wrote ourselves, and we've never, yeah. we've never even wrote, like, written a song with just like the two of us before. Like a lot, it was, it was cool. Jacob's like, nope, I'm not doing anything on it. That's just you two. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you feel like you're, do, um, now since you two have more time together, like before you bring a song to Ryan or, or whatever, do your lyrics inform each other? Um, and like who genuine generally comes up with a core concept for the lyrics and then others build on it or does um, I'd say Jacob is mm. like for lyric one like the one that has like initially that will go and be like, Okay, I heard this melody, here's something I think would go well with. I like to try to do the melodies at least. I, Jacob does the lyrics. So. I never like to come in with like full lyrics written though. It's usually like some type of small fragment of an idea like an image or like a feeling and i ask like um i ask ryan and taylor like what do you what do you think of when you think of this or see this and we kind of like formulate form it together from there yeah okay so you you write the lyrics for all three voices or or you or uh, i mean we all write uh we all write like our own lyrics and okay, stuff. Sometimes. That's what I, that's what I thought you meant, but then I got confused. No, it's all it's all good. No, yeah, I guess with mine and Ryan's first band, it wasn't as collaborative. So with this one, the intention was starting was like a very collaborative, um, cathartic, uh, high energy band with lots of soft parts too. Yeah. That's one of the things that I miss uh, about um, playing like with other people like on a regular basis is, is you know, just um, being able to like explore dynamics like that um, before mm -hmm. before committing to something, you know. Um, uh, a lot of what I do is a reaction to a way that I am feeling at the time and and uh and it's like you know I just I just commit to that reaction and um and for you know like yeah. it's kind of weird because it it's um it's made me realize how different um, an, an approach to songwriting is like sort of like when you're more like writing it by yourself as as to when you're feeling things out with other people um, because you know there's I don't know I mean it's like if you listen to like a lot of stuff like a lot of like late 90s uh, screamo like you said with like pretty parts and stuff then you're like um there's like um five 
there's like five things in this song and like uh four of them are the same but like it one's clean and one's distorted <laughs> and then you and then like I'll write like 10 things for one 40-second Coma Regalia song, and I'm like, I'm like yeah. working too hard <laughs> yeah. for, for like, <laughs> um, like you got to, and I, I don't know, I listened to some of that stuff. Like I was listening to like um, A Day's Refrain, and I was like, oh, my God, this is like so nice, like this clean part, and then it's like basically the same part, but now it's distorted and, and, it's, yeah. and it's mad. And um, you're like, you know, they really filled out like a whole song uh, mm -hmm. with this technique. And, um, you know, I'm over here like just like just pissed and just speed yeah. through something, you know, or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's that's really awesome. Um, so you um, you've pretty much got the album and um, like you mentioned before that the uh you were going you were hoping to um possibly record it with the people who did your live stream is that still the plan or um not so um i'm not sure if we're going to be able to do that anymore ah just because um the the person is una unavailable for uh reasons i guess okay. but uh, yeah Okay. Fair um, we want to take the time to get it to sound right, but we also don't want to sit on it for so long that it's no the emotion feeling right now at this current state. Yeah. But uh, we've had a we've been working on other stuff. We have um, we actually have a compilation of older songs coming out. Uh, they were recorded actually like right after the first EP. Um, so emo cat's going to be doing those um in the next little while at some point and is that with and the first bass player on that still or is that like that's you re-recorded them or um it's just um those songs but um we kind of wanted to i guess like they could by the songs in a way because they were all fully recorded everything was there but we also wanted to um convey that it wasn't the same band uh that we are now really so we hope to do that with like the album artwork and uh inner notes and stuff mm -hmm. for sure yeah and so you are you planning on recording your album yourselves and having someone else like mix and master it or you're just like you're saying like you're working on your album yourself like till you get to that point where you're comfortable with how everything is sounding and yeah um yeah ryan's gotten really good at recording with uh each new release it's even better than the last yeah um uh the one thing is we record in like a jam space where there's like eight or nine other bands like down the hall always playing and stuff so the times you actually you get to record are, are very often unfortunately yeah so ha have you started already or you're just you're uh, trying to plan that out yeah we haven't started recording yet um 
we've done like demos and stuff. Oh, okay. That's reworkings of lyrics. Um, I know we want to do like more splits and compilations and yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, because we have lots of stuff that we've written during the time that we're like, okay, this isn't necessarily that, but it's its own. Like the two songs um, that we did on our split together um, were pretty much written in like only two jam sessions in the same, which we never usually do. We usually like take a long time to write songs and stuff. But those were so very much that their own thing that we're like, uh, we can't put this anywhere else. They have to stay together. Yeah. Now, like when you say that you're trying to do like more splits and stuff before your album, so you're taking that same approach, like you're just going to like set something up and then just like sit down and hammer out a couple of, you know, new songs that aren't specifically for anything else and just go for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, songs that belong together, but might not belong into the the other narrative that we've been working on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, um, Taylor, you've been releasing, uh, like you just released the new Aphiliac song, like, and you, you seem to release like one or a couple songs at a time, but I seem to remember you having like more of an EP, but I wanted to ask like, what, um, is there a reason why you just like, is it just when you have this idea and you just want to finish it and so you just get it out there or is like, what is your thought process for releasing like, say a, a single on Bandcamp as opposed to like collecting songs or, you know? <laughs> yeah, Jacob's a collector. That's that's pretty much the thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I get really excited. I think I'm like, okay, this sounds really nice. I really like this. And then like, okay, well, I'm just gonna share it. So just yeah. Plop it on there and post it and it's out in the world. Because yeah. I feel like if I sit too long, I get like kind of sad about it. Because normally the songs I like, I'll I'll do in like one sitting and finish it all and like alter like the vocals and stuff. Because I really like playing around with vocals that's like one of my favorite things so i just like when i get that voice out there in that current moment so mm -hmm. that when i did that one that was i don't know it's kind of spooky i guess and i made this really cool like graphic and i'm like oh that actually matches so kinda, just yeah that's how i, I think <laughs> yeah there's i mean there's like so many you know um there's so many like different approaches like there's no reason why you can't just put a song on Bandcamp, you know and just like let it go um mm -hmm. and especially you know for a project like that y you're just like doing like when you can and it's by yourself and stuff but like yeah there's i mean there's some there's some people that you know this is like a strategy is to just release like things as a single at a time. Like I've, you know, I have friends that do that. And um, it's, uh, I find it very interesting because, you know, it, the, the like lifespan for an album is very strange um, to me, like, you know, on social media circuits and whatnot, you know? Um, so I'm always kind of trying to figure like, 
does a does a single have the same kind of lifespan um like where you know whether people are sh- sharing it or whether people are listening to it like in like w- they'll listen to it a whole lot when it first comes out and and every once in a while go back to it or like people will still find it um do you find that people find your stuff intermittently um just based on like you just put out a new thing or is it just kind of like um i guess like i i kind of track the patterns i guess on bandcamp and like kind of see the flow of it if i post something i notice people like kind of trickle through whatever there yeah uh when we did when we did the ophelia album we had about like seven songs that um, were just kind of laying around. I helped do some stuff and I had a few songs. So it's like, we have enough songs for an album. We could do something. I wanted to release like one of them. Like, they're like, no, just wait, just wait. We're gonna yeah. have to put it with the rest. <laughs> I was just ready to go. <laughs> yeah, she was like ready to just upload the one. But I'm like, but all these ones here, so. I kind of like mixed them a bit, got them mastered, and then put them all together. But like, um, also like, I feel like all the stuff on the Ophelia pages, they all sound like different from one another. Like each of like the single plus ones, yeah. Was like the album. The reason we did the electronica one is because we really got into boards of Canada and like a lot of like, um, what do you like, Altecker? Yeah, and stuff like that. And Jacob like opened up this like wormhole of really like cool ambient like electronica, and I was like, I like this. This is something I could vibe with, and that's just like kind of how that started. And now it's more or less just kind of expanding that way. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, I mean, uh, that's that's about all that I had thought to ask y'all. Um, <laughs> uh, is there anything else that y'all wanted to chat about before we? say good night um no no i guess but i hope i hope that anyone listening is having a really good night thank you so much for also asking us to do this this is really cool yeah this is really fun super exciting (laughs) yeah yeah thanks thanks for uh thanks for for joining me And that was my conversation with Jacob and Taylor. Thank you so much, Taylor and Jacob, for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks also to everyone listening. This was the first time that I spoke with more than one person at a time. I wasn't sure how that was going to go. I think it went okay, despite some obvious technical difficulties. I tried to edit them out as best as I could without actually editing people's responses. That's the price we pay for free long-distance calls, I guess. Anyway, thanks again. Until next time, take care and do good things.